0: Off
1: and rolling with another edition. Yes, it may be summertime, but we are still here on the only digital radio show that is devoted exclusively to those underdogs. When the seasons come around for college football, the NFL, college basketball, and more, and we've whittled things down now in the NBA and the NHL, so they're getting is good it is three dog thursday however you found the show through red circle podcasting subscribe as well via itunes via google play via stitcher uh come find us subscribe the show comes automatically to you as we love to talk about all the current events everything that's going on and it will be football season soon enough here he is senior handicapper and writer vegasinsider.com my co-host is back with me kevin rogers how you feeling sir as we embark on another program
0: Good, good. We are coming down the stretch in uh, the NBA and the NHL, so uh, pretty much have that all set.
1: Well, there's no doubt that the Golden State Warriors flex their muscle again, a sweep over the Portland Trail Blazers, even without Kevin Durant. Okay, so the first question I put right to you, it's easy to say this in hindsight, that they're that good, but to you, how impressive... Is it that even without Durant, they didn't miss a beat. They didn't even lose one of the two games in Portland. It's a sweep and and Golden State is back in the NBA finals, Kevin.
0: Well, I think the most impressive thing was the Warriors fell into a seventeen point hole in game two and one, an eighteen point hole in game three and one, another double digit deficit in game four and one in overtime. But that, you know, to, to come back from all those deficits you would think just by mathematics that portland would win one of those games i mean even if they're down three to one heading back to oakland that they would still be hanging around in that series and by all right portland i mean it was in all four games even in game one they still hung around but yet for golden state to do it this just proves that you know steph curry when not that when he wants to step up because i don't think that Wait, I didn't, it's very difficult to him and Kevin Durant because I really believe that when Kevin Durant went to the Warriors, had Steph said, "Fine, I can take a step back. It's okay, you know." And and, and Durant can do his thing, but then when Curry's got to be the guy, my goodness, what he did in that series, what he did at the end of the Houston series in that second half, and the clincher in Game Six was just amazing. And and this is why he's one of the best of the NBA. And yeah, for Portland, you know, they gave a good effort. Honestly, I think a lot of NBA fans would have rather seen Golden State and Houston in the Western Conference Finals. Obviously, Houston being the fourth seed that they couldn't play, Golden State in the right. finals because of the way the seedings went. But, uh, you know, Portland still gave a good run. It's just unfortunate they couldn't grab one of those. But just going back around to Durant, that, you know, for Durant, there's got to be a part of you, and I don't care what you say, there's gotta be a part of you to see this be like, gosh, like this team can win without me. They don't need me. Like they don't need me. I know he's still a part of the team and he'll hopefully be there for the finals. But you gotta look at yourself and say, Wow, I did all this in the first round against the Clippers, most of the second round against Houston, and now they did this against Portland without me. Like the it's
1: be kind of a lonely feeling. Well, yeah, and, and he—it's a blow to his ego. He's taken to social media. But look, this is the truth. They won a championship with this core, including Draymond Green, with Steph Curry and Clay Thompson and Andre Iguodala. They—they they won a title without him. They blew the three to one lead to Cleveland and lost the next year. The year they won the seventy games. Uh, That season. Uh, But I mean, it's it's not as if they weren't really good, if not great without him. And the difference in the point that you were making is he he can take games over as a scorer and they will adjust their roles to let him do that. But when he's not there, you see Draymond Green has become a monster in the uh, in the sixth game of the Western Conference final win, the clinching win over Houston in these four games. He's picked up the slack with rebounding, with assists, with hitting three-pointers on his own, stuff that he doesn't have to do if Durant is doing the bulk of the scoring. So... Uh, Yeah, and you can't give them enough accolades. I mean, five NBA Finals in a row for the same team. It hasn't happened since the the late 50s and the early 60s when the Boston Celtics went nine years in a row as the same team. I know LeBron James individually in the NBA Finals, eight straight years with Cleveland. Then you know this, Kevin, you're based in in South Florida, the four years with Miami, then two more years with Cleveland. Uh, He was in the Finals eight years as a player in a row, but I mean, it, it, say something. I mean, you got to say something for the job that Golden State has done the the level of excellence sustained over five years to be back in the finals over and over and over again. Uh, that says something because not Michael Jordan's Bulls, not Magic's Lakers, not Bird's Celtics. Bird Celtics got there four straight times. Magic's uh, Lakers got there four straight times. This is five in a row, though, for Golden State, Kevin. I'll
0: tell you what the most impressive thing is. That this is a team, and I know that people can say in Miami that, oh, you know, they got Boston and LeBron to team up with Wade, you know, and they brought the super team. Forgetting about Durant for a second, this is this is like the most impressive thing about the Golden State Warriors, that Steph Curry was not a top-five pick. Klay Thompson was not a top-five pick.
1: That's right.
0: Draymond Green was not a first-round pick that the core of that team, the main core that that went to the finals the first two years before Kevin Durant went there, that these are, this isn't like they have, you know, they got the number one pick three straight years, now this is what they are, that they had guys that still were passed up. And, you know, Steph Curry went to a small school at Davidson, was passed up. He could have gone to the Knicks. Clay Thompson went to Washington State, son of an NBA player, was passed up. You know, and still went in the middle, you know, top middle right. of, the, of the first round. And then Draymond Green went to Michigan State, went in the second round. And these guys are all going to be Hall of Famers. And that's just the most impressive thing, that they were able to find these guys and get them. That's why I always say in sports, you don't need to take get the number one pick, do what the Knicks do. Like, that doesn't work all the time. Just draft better. Draft better is what I always say, and the Warriors have done that
1: and the pieces that go together. That's the other thing you're saying. The fact that you have uh Curry makes other people better. I've said this for decades on the radio, doing local, regional, national sports radio, doing podcasts like this. If you can make your teammates better, he's a fantastic passer and floor leader. If you can make them better, and Draymond Green, by the way, is an excellent passer. So when you have components, guys that can pass the ball like that and set their teammates up like that, in transition, in the half court, it makes you even more dangerous uh, with how they play, and I know we're, we're we're gushing all over Golden State, but we should be. Uh, again, they are the two-time defending champs, and they look like I, I don't. Uh, your take, all right? It, we we now know Toronto and Milwaukee will go to at least a sixth game, if not a seven game. They're tied two all. They're going back to Milwaukee at the time we're doing this on Three Dog Thursday to play Game Five. I don't know that either one of those teams can beat Golden State. Do you give either one of them, Kevin, much hope to beat this Golden State team and derail derail them Durant or no Durant for the Warriors?
0: I don't think Toronto can do it. I really don't believe that. I don't think they have enough past Kawhi Leonard. The way Milwaukee looking came forward, it's very hard to say they, that uh, they would beat Golden State, but I do believe that if the Bucks you know, say anything else, if their shots fall if Kevin Durant plays, and we know he's not going to be 100%, okay? but if Kevin Durant plays, it's going to be very hard to see either of the Eastern teams beat them. If he doesn't play, I think Milwaukee's got a shot. That doesn't mean they're going to beat them, but I think Milwaukee's got a shot because they have a lot of shooters. They have a, you know, a guy like Giannis who I don't know if, if, if the Warriors can really slow him down. But Toronto, I don't really think they have a shot. Milwaukee, I think they can't, but last night, uh, or, or rather uh, in game number four, right. I don't think that that, uh, that looked good for Milwaukee as far as that being a well, team that could potentially be
1: Golden State. There is one factor, too, and that is Milwaukee had the best record in the NBA, so if they make the finals, they have game one, game two, potentially game seven in Milwaukee. However, if Toronto goes on to pull the upset off Golden State – gets game 1, game 2, potentially game 7 as the western conference representative with a better record than Toronto. So that it would just keep file that away, keep that I mean Golden State is obviously uh, they're not going to care if they had to play game 1 in in uh, in Milwaukee at home or on the moon, but you got to think privately they want home court advantage. They'd love to see Toronto and they'd love to see it go 7 games and then have Toronto win a 7th game and wear themselves down. So we'll we'll find out how that part Uh, plays out for, for the NBA and the NBA finals. And, uh, let's see. Let's, I mean, it looked like Milwaukee was going to roll in this series. And now Toronto has evened it up. And we know we get at least a sixth game back in Toronto, and we may be looking at seven games in the Eastern Conference Final. And how about if it is Toronto? If it is Toronto, they've never been. If it is Milwaukee, they've not been in the N- in the NBA Final since 1971. We're talking about Golden State five years in a row, and Milwaukee's not been there since 1971. And Kevin, that segues over to the NHL and what's now been resolved. With the Stanley Cup final, the Boston Bruins are there. And the Bruins obviously have a recent Stanley Cup win in the 2010s. But the St. Louis Blues also clinched uh, for the Western Conference in the Stanley Cup finals. They won last night in Game 6 at the time we're taping Three Dog Thursday. So it's now going to be a St. Louis-Boston Stanley Cup final And Kevin, did you know the Blues have been in the Stanley Cup final one other time, and that was 1970, and they played the Boston Bruins that year in the Stanley Cup final. So we get a St. Louis-Boston Stanley Cup final. You have a quick thought on that. It's definitely a different team for sure in the West, not what we're normally used to seeing.
0: Well, a couple of things. One, that was the iconic Bobby Orr goal. That, Very nice.
1: Uh, Very nice. One, one,
0: one of the greatest photographs probably in sports history, the Bobby Orr goal that he scored uh, late in that uh, in that series. But here's a couple of things, though, on St. Louis, which I find. First of all, I think the NHL, for losing four division champions in the first round, I think this is as good of a Stanley Cup final as they could have gotten. Seriously. I think that, you know, if you had Columbus and San Jose or Colorado and Carolina, it's just, it's not exciting. I think getting Boston obviously was huge out of the East. Even St. Louis, you don't have a West Coast team, so at least, you know, I I think this is as good as they could have done uh, with the match. Now, as far as the Blues go, this is a team, TJ, that was out of it in January. They were out of it. They were at the bottom of the Western Conference, and they went on a run in January and in February to get back in that race, not only in the Central Division, but also just in the Western Conference in general. And they end up finishing in third. They beat Winnipeg. They beat Dallas. And they beat San Jose. And they clinched all three of their series at home. That this was a team that was just just done. And they fired their head coach earlier in the season. And yet they're in the Stanley Cup Final, which just shows that, you know, if you catch fire even late and just get in – You never know, but also with Boston, you know, they're a team that uh, has been playing extremely well, obviously throughout the Eastern Conference playoffs that they had to edge Toronto in the first round in game seven. And then in the second round, you know, they, they caught Columbus after they swept Tampa Bay and they caught Carolina after they swept the Islanders. And obviously Boston's a better team than Columbus and they're a better team than Carolina and You know what? I I just think this will be a very entertaining series. People that maybe don't watch the Stanley Cup won't be excited because of the teams. But all honesty, I don't know what teams get people excited. I think this is one of the better team matchups that we've seen over – the last few years, there's been some other other times you're like, eh, I don't really care about this. But I think this will be a pretty good series.
1: Voice again of Kevin Rogers, T.J. Reeves with you. We love hanging out on Three Dog Thursday, and you mentioned that iconic Bobby Orr photo. For those that d- maybe don't remember it, don't know what we're talking about, you can look it up on the internet. Uh, it's It's been in books everywhere where Orr is parallel to the ground with his arms raised, stick in the air. And Kevin, that was actually an overtime, sudden death, overtime winning goal where Boston swept the series in four straight games. That was the Stanley Cup clinching goal in overtime. So it is. It's one of the iconic photographs in the history of hockey to see that. And that's the only other time the St. Louis Blues have been in the Stanley Cup final. So you will see that photo coming up. And I got one more for you because i love him you and i dabble in play-by-play and do play-by-play mike emrick uh is just on another level calling the play-by-play of hockey for nbc and for so many years playoff hockey he used to be on fox has been with nbc now for more than a decade doing the stanley cup playoffs and the finals he he would get me excited to read the phone book or the tax code, but the fact that it's hockey and it's it's for the Stanley Cup, it's I mean I I am more interested because he's on the call of the game, no matter who the opponents are, and now with all this writing on it, Kevin, do you feel me here on Doc Emmerich on the call?
0: He's one of the best. I mean, if not the best. I'm I'm not even talking about hockey, but as far as sports casters that are out there, because what he does is he, I mean, it it sounds simple, but he just calls the game. Like, he's not over the top. He's not crazy. He just, he uses vocabulary that just fits the moment. He knows how to change it up, and he just just does it. You know what it is? It's like, I'm not trying to make a comparison, but you know, a lot of people don't love Joe Buck. I think Joe Buck is great, and I think a lot of people, for whatever reason, don't like. I think it's just the don't be over the top. Just kind of do your thing. Just just call the game. Let it play out. Just be the voice and be done with it. And that's what Doc Emmerich does so very well. And that's why it is a treat, in a sense, to get him on those calls, even when you get him in the regular season on some of those games at NBC Sports Network. That there's just something about it that you know, if you listen, if you, I mean, if you're into sports casting, like you can tell like which ones you like and you don't like, but You know, a guy like that, you're just saying like he, you just enjoy the call of the game. Like you just, he just finds a way to describe it so well, but also let the action speak for
1: itself. Well, and again, he is a Hall of Fame broadcaster. The NHL should pay him a million dollars, Kevin. They should deposit, direct deposit, electronically a million dollars. I'm serious. In his account every year because he's worth a million dollars worth of promotion and publicity. The way that he calls the game uh, for the league and and ratchets it up and the the internet goes crazy and social media goes crazy with his calls of the game. Uh, And he is as humble and unassuming, not an egomaniac like you Might suspect uh, with all of this. How about earlier in the week? Did you hear this story, Kevin? They had the Sports Emmy Awards uh, earlier in the week, the the national top uh, awards for all the best broadcasters, the best game broadcasts, studio shows, personalities. Mike Emmerich uh, received an, an award, an Emmy Award yet again. He's a multi, multi time Emmy Award winner he stood up during his speech and encouraged young broadcasters to contact him. He gave out, Kevin, his personal email and said, I want you to put this on the internet, put it everywhere that it will go. If you are a young broadcaster, you can contact me. I'm happy to talk to you. I'm happy to tutor you. And he gave out his email address. I mean, it tells you how unassuming the guy is uh, and how it, what great perspective and a great ambassador for hockey and for broadcasting Emmerich is. So it'll be a blast. Uh, to hear him. Uh, it, it's not something that Kevin and I will readily do. Just give out the personal email and hey, contact us uh, on that. Of course, they can find you
0: I'd reach out to Doc Emmerich. i like, mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I'd reach out to Doc
1: Let me tell you. Can I, I? I want to digress and tell you one quick story where I met him for the first time, and I. It's an iconic moment when I met him. He was doing New Jersey Devils, um, uh, regional cable play-by-play back in the mid 1990s, and then when the postseason began, he was doing Fox. He would do the Fox lead play-by-play, play, and the NHL was on Fox, they do the Stanley Cup Finals. So he's doing a Devils-Tampa Bay Lightning game, and you may have crossed paths with him as well in a similar circumstance with Panthers games and broadcast, Kevin, the same way that I have. What a treat to get to be around him. So this is now a 23-year-old story. Uh, Because it is the 1996 World Series, the Braves and the Yankees playing at Yankee Stadium uh, in game one of the World Series. And of course, the Yankees with young Derek Jeter, with Bernie Williams, with Paul O'Neill, all those Yankees. Uh, I'm trying to go off the top of my head. Mariano Rivera, I don't think was there yet. That was John Wetland, I think, is the closer. But they had like David Wells and Andy Pettit and didn't have Roger Clemens yet. So this is the 96 World Series. And the the hockey game is going on, and as the hockey game is going on, Andrew Jones, the Atlanta Braves young outfielder at that time as a 19-year-old, hit a home run in his first at-bat in the World Series at Yankee Stadium, like in the first inning, the first or the second inning. He came up later during the intermission of the hockey game. Mike Emmerich is standing next to me. Uh, He's around several people, but he's standing right next to me when Jones hits his second home run. So Andrew Jones became the first ever. A player to hit a home run in each of his first two at bats in a World Series, the 1996 World Series. He's 19 years old. He hit a home run and followed it up with a home run. So when I told Doc Emmerich that, I said, that's his second home run of the game in his second straight at bat, and that's a World Series record. Doc Emmerich is eating a a bite of popcorn. He looks at me and he goes, the guy should retire right now. You got to walk it off on that. That's what he said. And everybody cracks up, Russ. He goes, Am I wrong? You got to walk it off on that. You can't do any better than that. Two home runs and your first two at bats in the World Series. So, in that moment, he was like a fan in the intermission of the, uh, of the hockey game. So, that's how unassuming and, and could not be nicer. And we, we can't emphasize that enough. We're like his PR department. Go, Doc Emmerich. Go, uh, NBC Sports Network. And the playoffs. And by the way, Eddie Olchek and Pierre Maguire do a great job, too, with the analysis. And Olchek understood something, Kevin, you know this, like a decade ago, which is stay out of Doc Emmerich's way. Let him call it and then give some analysis when he stops. And they work so well together and play <laughs> off of each other uh, with that. So. Uh, it, it's great to watch the hockey, and and I just enjoy. Thank you to the audience and to Kevin for indulging me on uh, on that. So I look forward to the to the hockey playoffs. Hey, one more thing before we get out of here on Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Brooks Kepka wins the PGA Championship. We talked about this last week. For Kepka now, he is the new phenom golfer, back-to-back PGA Championships, back-to-back U.S. Open Championships, four major championships in under 24 total months, spread out over three golf seasons. He's now won them. Uh, Kevin you you can't you can't say enough about this guy overpowering Beth Page the course on Long Island New York and winning Tiger Woods no factor missed the cut do you have a quick thought on Kepka dominating and winning a fourth major already in that short of a time span sir
0: yeah he, he he played well I mean obviously the the back nine on on the final round it was a little shaky that Justin uh, Johnson came back and he would have thought oh wow this would be a, a terrible meltdown. But uh, he ended up holding him off, and, and he won. And you know what? Look, I get that everyone is is crazy about Tiger, and they want to see him do well. But I, I can't think that – I mean, I understand, but you, you can't just build a sport around a 43-year-old and say that this is their, our only hope for anything and that no one else matters, that there's no one else good, and we can't watch. So, you know, what he's done, what Brooks Kepka's done, you know, it's starting to become very special. So I just don't think that – people. I, I understand that, like, the golf – fan, the, uh, the major golf fan will be fine with it, but it's just, you know, you would hope that the rest of the people that just tune in are like, well, Tiger's not there, I'm not watching. Like, that's not fair. You know, it really yep. isn't. That, we can't just do that. We can't just watch it for one person that had a great Masters and it was one of the greatest golfers ever, maybe the greatest golfer ever, but we can't just fixate on that you know, all the time. If he doesn't make it, then there's no reason to watch.
1: Well, and again, Rory McIlroy had a, had a run where he was dominating. He's not won a major championship since 2015 when he won the PGA Championship. He did win the Players' Championship earlier this year, kind of the unofficial fifth major of all the golf majors. So Rory could come back around for the U.S. Open next month at Pebble Beach. Remember, Jordan Spieth was on such a role with the U.S. Open wins, the Masters win. Uh, he also won a, a, an Open championship two years ago, the British Open. So it is elusive because Jordan Speeth hasn't won one in the last couple of years. Can Kepka hang in there as the two-time defending U.S. Open champion? Can he sustain this? 2020, 2021 still winning majors. Will he fall off like Speeth and McElroy have? And it's hard to do. Let's see if it's competitive. Uh, down the road all right so we've come to the end of another three dog thursday kevin once again nba uh down to the the eastern conference representative uh, to be determined between toronto and milwaukee we know it's golden state waiting for them we know the stanley cup final we've got baseball going everything that's happening you've got it at vegas insider do you not sir
0: we do we have baseball don't forget starting this week pj's wnba season begins as well <laughs> so we got picks to sell on that so uh we are very busy and then CFL starts next month.
1: Oh my so goodness! Stuff
0: stuff on during the summer never stops. You know, we uh, understandably NFL and college we have a little bit, a bit of time for, but uh, we still have a lot going on. We still have the finals for each sport. So keep an eye out, VegasInsider.com. and also check us out on Twitter at Swift VI.
1: Check this guy out as well at VI Rogers on social media. Check out this show at Three Dog Thursday. Uh, Kevin, great stuff here. We'll see what happens as the playoffs unfold. I look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks for hanging out. Okay, thank you. There is Kevin Rogers. I'm TJ Reeves. Again, subscribe to our podcast. Whether you found us on Red Circle, subscribe. iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever podcasts are found. It is the only digital radio show devoted exclusively to underdogs. Let's see what happens in the NBA and Stanley Cup playoffs as everything unfolds. And we're back next week for Three Dog Thursday. Bye.